Alright everyone, welcome to the Project Esports Presents. My name is Dylan and today I'm going to be taking a little page out of James and Andrew's book and I'm going to be talking about a topic that I think is really important to me and I feel like it can help out a lot of other people. I'm going to be talking about how to get started in collegiate esports. Um, and on top of that, I'm going to kind of make this a little bit of a, a story time about my rise in collegiate esports and how it could be applied to you. Um, so if you're going to college pretty soon or if you're already in college, definitely this is a good podcast for you to listen to. Um, if you just want to grow and develop your skills, you want to start getting into the industry, um, whenever you're in university or college, this is the time to do it for sure. Um, so my start in esports was basically with StarCraft II. Um, it was a game that I absolutely loved. I was so passionate about this game. Um, but the only thing is, is I only played it with a couple kids in high school. Um, it was basically me and one of my good buddies. Um, we really loved StarCraft. We would watch MLG. Um, every time it was on, we would watch it for the whole weekend. Um, we'd always talk about StarCraft. We'd play 2v2s together. It was something we absolutely loved doing together. Um, and I just got really passionate about the game. I wanted to get better. I wanted to get good at the game. And so whenever I went to school, um, the first thing I did was on day two, there was a involvement fair. And I heard that Penn State had an esports club and obviously loving StarCraft, I wanted to get right involved. And so I just went to the involvement fair and I just like searched around and I finally found the booth and I went up and I was just talking with them like, hey, I love StarCraft, like it's so cool and stuff. And they're like, yeah, we have a lot of people who love StarCraft too. You should, you know, stop by, gave me the dates and times and all that. And I went to my first meeting and it was really impactful. And it's something that I kind of carry with me every single day. And it's something I do want to employ into esports wherever I go. So I walked into the room and I saw 30 people in there just like talking about StarCraft and just like having fun. And that absolutely like hit me really hard because before it was just me and my friend. And all the other stuff was just basically online. So up until this point, StarCraft and esports has been a very vague thing. It's been a very internet focused thing. I didn't know other people like in real life liked this thing. And so it was really vindicating. And it really just like fueled that passion I had whenever I saw other people in person who loved this game just talking about it and having fun with it. Um, and so from there on, I just kind of got um, crazy with it, I guess. Um, so the first year um, there, I was very shy, um, but I still put myself out there. I put myself out there and I tried to get involved. So I think that's probably the first point I would definitely say is uh, just get involved. Um, yeah, so basically just go out to those meetings. Just go out to the meetings, just get involved, just put yourself out there a little bit. I know it can be really intimidating, um, especially for people in gaming, because a lot of us are really shy and we're introverts, and that's not a place that we inherently feel super comfortable, but I promise you, I promise you it's worth it. Putting yourself out there for other people, it's tough, but it's gonna pay off in the long run, because you're gonna meet a ton of new friends and a lot of people you wouldn't otherwise, and they all are in the same position as you. They're, they all love that game, and they all, all are like a little bit shy to some degree. Now, obviously, um, all of us at the Project Esports podcast, we're, you know, we're pretty outgoing in some aspect. I mean, we're willing to put ourselves like on live stream, 
um, and just like talk about esports to everyone that we can. So um, it might seem like we're not introvert or introverted or anything. It might seem like we're extroverts and this comes easy to us. But whenever, whenever I came to college, I was super shy. Like I, I really just like kept to myself a lot and I was like really quiet. And this is something to help bring me out of my shell. So if this is a skill that you wanna learn, you wanna learn how to talk to people, you wanna learn how to be a little bit more confident, this is kind of the first step to it because um, it really will help you get out of your shell. Um, and so during the year, um, I kind of just kept going to meetings and trying to meet new people and just playing games. Um, I definitely wasn't the best out of everyone. Um, I think during my first year, I was pretty much just solid gold in StarCraft, which um, definitely at the time wasn't super great. Um, I think it was like at the top of the bell curve. So I was basically very average game player, um, but I still had fun. I was still able to compete and stuff. And that's something definitely to note is that if you're in collegiate esports, you don't have to be good to compete. Um, you know, a lot of times there is a division two, division three team um, of where if you're like, even for League of Legends, say if you're like platinum or whatever, a lot of times there's a team out there for you that's playing against other schools that are plat. Um, so even if you're not the best of the best, you can still compete, which is really amazing because a lot of times you don't get that that experience because um, if you're not in, in school and say if you're just in an amateur league, a lot of times you feel like you have to be really good at the game to get on those teams to actually go out and compete. Um, but if you're in school, this is an opportunity for you to just compete at any skill level and get better because there's tons of really good players at these schools that want you to get better. Um, so I guess the next piece of advice is just play the game. Yeah, so just play the game with other people. Because one, you're gonna get better at the game that you really love. Um, so if you're competitive, that's a good thing. Two, you're gonna meet a lot of new people through just playing the game. And three, you're building that that skill set of being competitive and getting better, which I think is a really, really good thing. And I'll probably have a whole other talk about that, about how I think um, competitiveness is super, super important in, in youth and that you should definitely grow and develop those skills because not all of us play normal sports, um, but esports is definitely another avenue where we can kind of flex those skills a little bit. So I do think that's super important. Um, so at the end of the year, um, the year was the year was wrapping up, and the person who was running the division he was leaving. And so the way that the club is broken up is there's like there was the club, and then each game kind of met separately. And there was a person who ran that game. So League of Legends had its own meeting, StarCraft had its own meeting, Hearthstone had its own meeting, and each of them had its own kind of like leader. Um, and these were called like divisions. And our division leader he was leaving, and. We were looking for people to step up. And so I thought to myself, this is my opportunity. I really love this game. And I feel like I, I was starting to become self-aware about my shyness at this point. So I knew if I had to stand in front of people every single week and try to entertain them and get them involved, this is something that was gonna really help me out. And so I ran and it was, it was really nervous like nerve-wracking, I guess, uh, standing up there in front of everyone, kind of pleading me like, hey, this is the reason why you should elect me uh, to run this for an entire year next year, especially since I wasn't a good player. Um, I was gold, and so I couldn't be like, oh, I will you know, teach you all how to be good at StarCraft. I couldn't do that. I was basically just like, I'm gonna get you guys involved, um, and I'm gonna have very entertaining uh, meetings, and it's gonna be fun, and we're all gonna be friends. Um, and so the election happened, and at the end of it, um, it was actually a tie. 
So I tied with another um, one of my friends, actually. Um, we both went to high school together. We weren't super close in high school, but we came a little bit closer um, whenever we went to college. Um, his name was James, and so we tied, and we kind of agreed that, like, yeah, we both can do this. He was a much better player than I was, and so we kind of worked it out to where um, we'll both lead this division. Um, James, you're going to go ahead, and you're going to run the, um, the competitive aspect of it. So you're going to be the coach for the team, you're going to be the coordinator for the team, and you're going to focus on the team. Um, and then on my end, I'm going to run the meetings every single week. I'm going to keep people entertained, I'm going to people, keep people engaged, and I'm going to keep them having fun and stuff. Um, and that was a really good experience, especially since I was starting to come out of my shell at that time, um, to be able to kind of lean on, on him um, and just kind of work together at making this the best that we could. Um, so I guess another thing um, that we can kind of learn from this experience is you can take it in steps. It doesn't have to all be at once. Um, so just putting out yourself out there whenever you can. I guess this kind of goes into just getting involved, um, but I think this is a good piece of advice is that you can do it in steps. Yeah, so you can do it in steps and it's totally okay. So like if you're a junior right now, um, in college and you still want to go down this route, that's totally fine. It's not like you have to go all in at once. Every step you make in this scene is really good and really important, not only for getting in the industry, but it's good for the soul. It's good for developing yourself as a person, I think, because the more skills you learn and the more that you grow, it's going to help you out in anything that you do. Um, and I'm a big proponent of that. I think that you can pick up skills in all the things that you do, and it's gonna help you out later in life. Um, so that school year ended, that was the end of my freshman year. Um, and during the summer, um, me and James absolutely went like crazy planning out stuff. We were like, oh, we wanna do this and this and this and this and this, and we wanna you know, take trips, and we wanna be like the best team ever, we're gonna recruit a ton of people. And that's the way a lot of people get um, whenever you go into a leadership position for the first time is your head is completely in the clouds. Um, so I would say hold on to that feeling, but just be a little bit realistic. Um, so I guess uh, keep your feet on the ground. Yeah, so keep your feet on the ground, um, but stay passionate, yeah. So keep your feet on the ground, but stay passionate, I think is a really good thing to note um, because you wanna hold on to that passion of how much you absolutely love this thing, but you also wanna make sure that you're realistic and you can execute those plans. Um, and so whenever the school year started, it started out absolutely fantastic. Um, I remember we had the tabling event um, at the involvement fair, which that's how I got involved with the club in the first place. And that was really important because uh, we were just out there and we were just trying to bring people in and be like, hey, do you like video games? Hey, do you like video games? Hey, you, please like StarCraft because I love this game and I want you to come to my meetings. Um, and that was really cool because that was like the first time I was actually just like approaching people randomly and like talking to them and trying to get them over um, to what we were doing and to be like basically friends with me. So that was really amazing. And that, like I said, that goes into another thing, just get involved because a lot of these tabling events, you don't have to be a leader to, to go to them. A lot of times people are looking just to fill slots. And so if you're in a club and you have a tabling event coming up soon, um, like at the beginning of the year, just be like, hey, do you need an extra hand here? Uh, can I help you guys out in any way? And most likely they'll be like, yeah, like why don't you come out and just 
talk to people. Um, especially if you're already trying to get involved in other aspects of the club. They'll be like, this is the perfect person. You're, you're a member of the club. You have fun here. You're involved. You know about the club. Come out and just talk to people if they have questions. Um, so that's another really good thing. And like I said, getting involved is, is super, super important. So I'm going to keep going back to that quite often. Um, and so that happened. We started getting a lot of more, a lot of new members and the, the first really good thing I think that we did um, is that we started having dinner together before the meetings every night. Um, so every night before the meeting, we would go to McDonald's. Um, it wasn't great, and I don't even know why we started going to McDonald's, um, but it was just kind of like a tradition at some point of where we were just always meeting up at McDonald's, and we'd eat, and then we'd walk over to the meeting. Um, and that was something that I, I really enjoyed because, like, I mean, it was like shitty McDonald's, but it was like a tradition and we kept doing it over and over and over. So it was something to look forward to. So not only did I have this meeting, um, but I also had like the food beforehand so I can like talk and have fun. And I think that was something that was super important, not only to me, but for a lot of the members there of just having this this like stable social thing in their life. Um, college can be a really tough time for a lot of people. Um, you're basically trying to plan out your future. You're trying to make sure that you're all up on your studies. You're, you're, you're making a lot of new friends. You're dating a lot of new people. Um, you're trying a lot of new things and it could be really hectic and it could really weigh down on you mentally, to be honest, um, especially if you're on the campus itself, you're living there and this is your life 24 seven. It's, it's, it's really mentally taxing. And I think things like special interest groups and clubs are really good for that because I, I had this thing that was like two hours every single day, you know, an hour to get food and an hour for the meeting of where I could just like forget about school. I could just like think about StarCraft. I can think about my friends um, and just get really excited about it. And I was able to unwind there and it was it was great. And so besides collegiate esports, if this is something you're not super interested in, maybe you just like gaming or anything, this is still something I would recommend doing is finding a special interest group to get involved with. Um, I always advocate for trying to become a leader in some aspect and to put yourself out there and to grow and stuff. But even just from just like a mental health perspective, I think this is a good thing to do even if you're just a member showing up to meetings because it can be really cathartic and it could really help out a lot uh, you know, in school just to have that stable hour to two hour social interaction or where you just completely unwind um so that's something i would definitely recommend for anyone um any anyone in any aspect like i said it doesn't have to be esports it could be anything it could, you know maybe it's a rock climbing club um but go out to one of those for sure um and so the year kept continuing and um we were reaching out to different people and trying to get them involved in different ways and we eventually had like two um, CSL teams. So CSL is Collegiate Star League. They were basically like one of the OGs of running collegiate tournaments. They did really fantastic work. And before Blizzard kind of strong-armed all the Blizzard games out of them, that was the place to go for StarCraft. Um, and they did fantastic tournaments and stuff. And they did leagues. And so we played in that league and we had two teams. We had our uh, Division One, and Division Two. Division Two was like the not-so-great players. They were the Platts. They were the Golds. Um, but that was really fun because a lot of people who weren't good were able to play and kind of develop their skills. Um, and one of the things I, I really liked out of that is we ended up facing against the school. Um, I actually, no, we didn't face against the school originally. We watched one of their games um, and they noticed us somehow. I don't know how it went, 
Um, but they were University of New Mexico, and they eventually reached out to us, and they wanted a show match. Um, and that's something I guess is really good for collegiate esports. It's just like finding those opportunities. So find your opportunities. I'm gonna mess up these spellings. Um, so anyone who's listening to just audio, I'm kind of writing this all down um, for this stream as well. Um, but I'm I'm speaking all this too, so. You're, don't worry, you're not missing out on anything. I'm just taking some time to type. Um, but I think finding your opportunities is something that's really important. And so for us, it was University of New Mexico going, hey, let's have a show match. And instantly it clicked, like, let's make this a show match. Let's make this really awesome. And so we, like, talked with them, and we started developing, like, a relationship with them. And then eventually this became, like, a I think we did it twice. We did it, like, two or three years in a row of where it was just, like, Playing against University of New Mexico was our thing, and we had like a we kind of developed a rivalry with them a little bit, um, and we streamed it out and stuff. Um, and one of the guys involved did like graphics and stuff, and it was just good for everyone involved because it was super hype. Because like the way that we did it um, is we matched everyone up by their rank. Um, so we had some diamond players, some plat players, some gold players, and we even had like two bronze players. Um, so everyone was able to get involved in some aspect, um, even if they weren't that great, and it was still competitive in some aspect. Um, so the bronze matches mattered just as much as the diamond matches because they still counted as a point. And so everyone was trying to get better for this, and there was like weeks lead up to this, so everyone was trying to get better. And then from like the leadership perspective, we were just trying to logistically plan everything out, and you know graphics were being made, and the live stream was being made, and we had casters getting ready. And then it happened, and it was amazing because we were able to get everyone involved in different ways, whether that be casting, whether it be making graphics, or just playing in the games. And that's where I think finding your opportunities are really important. So one, noticing where the doors are open and for you to run through them, um, and then also just capitalizing on them. Um, so that's like picking up skills. Um, so that's actually another thing I wanna touch upon that I think is super important. Um, it's just picking up skills. Um, yeah, so I guess a lot of the lessons I'm going to be having are probably in the first couple years. So the last couple are probably just, they're going to be a lot shorter and stuff, um, but they're still going to be important. Um, but yeah, so picking up skills, I think, is super, super important. So if you want to become a caster, for instance, um, for like League of Legends or anything, there's no degree that's just, you know, esports caster. Um, you might be able to go to some schools for a sports casting degree, and you can kind of turn it in from there. But if you're just going to like a traditional school that doesn't have anything crazy like that, you can take these club opportunities and build your resume out of them. So say if you want to be a caster, right? Look for these show matches and just try to cast for them. Or if there is like a CSL game or a ULOL game, be like, hey, can I spectate and cast this for everyone? And so not only are you doing the serv like doing a service to yourself because you're casting and you're getting experience out of it, but if you're like commentating and casting over your team's games against another schools and you're streaming it live, everyone else from the club's able to watch that too. So normally they wouldn't be able to watch that. But because you're casting and you're streaming it, everyone can see it now and everyone can like watch it and be entertained by it. So, like I said, not only is it a service to yourself because you're building a skill, um, but you're also helping the community out in general because now they can get hyped about these games and about the, like, the teams. And you can find that in a, 
ton of different aspects of the club. Like I said, you don't have to be a leader of the club to still gain these skills. I know plenty of people who have random skills like graphics or maybe they're into photography. You can always use those people in some aspect. The only thing is, is they have to put themselves out there. Now, it is a little bit on the leadership and it's a little bit on them at the same time. So leadership has to be open and they have to be actively looking for these people. Um, and those people have to also be putting themselves out there. So if you're really into photography, even if you don't want to make esports photography your main thing, um, it's still all relevant. It can still all go into your portfolio. So if you're into taking photos and you love esports, just go up to one of the leaders, like the, the president or whatever, or like maybe the events coordinator and be like, hey, I, you know, I really love taking photos. Um, can I come by the event and just like snap a bunch of photos and you know, see if you guys can use them for anything? Because I guarantee you they will be able to use it, whether it's just posting to social media, um, whether it's giving those uh, pictures out to sponsors. You know, uh, there's a ton of different things they can use it for, so they will be more than happy to kind of take you and let you do that. Um, and it's really good for you because you're able to build those skills. And not only that, you're getting yourself involved. Like I said before, get just get involved because you can get involved in so many different ways into collegiate esports that no matter what skill set you have or what skill set you want to learn, you can find your place for sure. Um, and so basically the big big takeaway from that is just you need to you need to put yourself out there and you need to just ask and you need to tr really try to get these skills. Um, okay, so that was the show match, um, and I believe that was during my sophomore year that year, when I was still running StarCraft. Um, and then after that, we started having events. So our big event was BlizzCon, because, you know, the StarCraft finals happened during then. Um, and so one thing that we did is we just reached out to Blizzard directly. Um, and we are like, hey, we're having a BlizzCon viewing. Can we get some stuff to give out to people? And they were like, yeah, and they just gave us a big old box. And that was really amazing because it was Blizzard, you know? We didn't really think you, we, we could get stuff from them like that. And that's something important to note if you're a collegiate leader is that, um, especially today, it's very, very, very easy to get sponsors. Um, you just need to know how to do it. Now, if you're like a top caliber school, you have like, um, you have sponsorship decks, you have like already existing contacts with them, and you probably have an administration that's like solid on dealing with that. But if you're a smaller school and you haven't done this before, there's still a ton of ways to do it. So I actually work as a regional coordinator um, for Uconnect Esports right now. And what we do is we reach out to like schools and we try to get them event sponsorship. And that's just one example of, of an organization that tries to reach out to schools like that. Um, TESPA, TESPA is another one who does that. So they're like the collegiate branch of Blizzard. And basically they just partner up with schools and they provide event support to them um, in a similar manner. And you know, besides that, there's a ton of opportunities through just games themselves. I know Ubisoft and Rainbow Six, they give out things there. I know uh, Penn State Esports, I think they got like a bunch of like Rainbow Six hats to give out to people. Um, but what you gotta do is you just gotta reach out. Um, so that's another thing, uh, reach out. Um, so yeah, the big thing is if, if you are doing like, um, now probably if you're doing a Smash event, you're probably not gonna be able to get in contact with Nintendo. Um, but if you're doing a lot of other games, there's a lot of opportunities out there. So 
the first thing to do is just try contacting the the publisher or the the makers of the game and just seeing if you can get a sponsorship for them be like hey um we're having an event around this game we'd really love if you're able to send some stuff out so we can give it out to people to get people hyped um and you know there's a lot of companies out there who love their game and they want to empower their their communities around the game and so they'll go ahead and do that uh the next tier of that is just reaching out to um probably just uh, other sponsors, so like Corsair, for instance, um, or iBuyPower, or like a bunch of these gaming peripheral companies and gaming hardware companies, they love to give things out too, and they want to get engaged with the collegiate community because it's beneficial for them uh, because this is their target market. They love people who play video games. They love people who play esports, so this is their core demographic, and they want to get them involved in, in, in their products, basically. Um, and then beyond that, you can just reach out locally. Um, so say if you just have like a local restaurant, um, just reach out to them and be like, hey, um, we're having an event with a bunch of different students at it um, and we'd love to be able to feed them with your food. Um, is there any sort of um, deal we can get or you know, can you hook us up in any way? Um, and a lot of times they'll be like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Like, like minimally, they'll be like, oh, if you're gonna have a ton of people, um, you know, just, uh, give me the order and we'll give you like 10 to 15% off. Now, I mean, even something small like that is pretty advantageous. And on top of that, if you're like a collegiate leader doing this, you're building up your, your resume too, because you're reaching out to different sponsors and you're learning how to communicate with them. And this is really good in a lot of different jobs. So um, I also work as a tech consultant um, for a large firm. And that was something that they really loved in me is because I reached out to sponsors and I was talking with them and I was managing their expectations and our expectations and negotiating with them um, and eventually coming to like a deal, so to speak. And they, saw, and they saw that and they were like, hmm, well, we deal with clients and we try to help clients out and we try to solve their tech needs um, and it's a lot of client facing work. And they saw my, my work with um, different sponsors and they were like, those are two things that are really, really similar. So I think you have that skill set and you'll be really great for this job. Um, so yeah, like things like that, you, you can apply them in a million different ways. Um, if you have any questions on any of this, feel free to like reach out to me on Twitter or anything or just here during one of our podcasts. Um, I'm on Twitter at Beal for Real, um, the number four. If you have any questions, like if you want to do something in esports, I definitely can help lay the path forward for you. So say if you want to be a photographer, I can tell you some stuff that you should do to start picking up those skills. Because like I said, in collegiate esports, there is no degree for esports yet. Um, I know some people are working out, but there's no degree for it. So what you have to kind of do is you have to take your experiences and kind of make, um, make the degree itself, so to speak. Um, so whether that's just like working in, in like collegiate esports and like working with clubs and trying to build it up there and then pairing that with your actual schoolwork, if you can take those two things together and you can mold them together really well for, for whatever job that you want, you know, that's really going to pay off. Um, okay, so we had, we had the BlizzCon final viewing. Um, and BlizzCon is something I really have always loved um, because that was like the the big event you know the big event for starcraft and it was always super hype and i i love the build up to it i love how how wcs uh, which is the 
World Championship series of StarCraft um, would always have like buildups to it. So the entire like th- I think there was three seasons and then BlizzCon. So the entire three seasons like leading up to it meant something. Like there was points and you were earning points and you were working your way up to get to the big finale at BlizzCon. And that was something I loved because it was it was super hype being able to follow, follow like players throughout throughout the entire year. Um, and so. The rest of the year was pretty quiet, nothing super dramatic. Um, It was a lot of just running the club and meeting new people and making friends. And during that year, I made some of, you know, my best friends that I I still keep in contact with today. They're like my core group of friends. Um, All of them were in the esports club and not only just playing StarCraft, but other games. The majority of them actually played other games. Um, So that's a good bit of advice um, socially um, is just getting involved in other aspects of the club too so even if you don't like play starcraft or maybe you don't play league of legends go to a league of legends meeting hang out and see how they are because like i said some of my best friends that i made you know they they were league players and i don't play league i i don't care for league too much but you know i met some really great people um in my life and so definitely kind of put yourself out there in all aspects because yeah they play different games um, but you still share that passion for esports, um, and a lot of times interests overlap, and so they'll probably have other uh, like nerdier interests, so to speak. Um, yeah, and so the rest of the year was pretty quiet, um, and then at the end of the year, um, I had the decision of continuing on or kind of doing something else. And at the time, I loved StarCraft still, but it was um, it was being superseded by esports in general because I saw things like Hearthstone and I was getting hyped by that and Heroes of the Storm I was getting a little hyped about that and I was like oh maybe it's not just a passion for StarCraft maybe it's just a passion for esports I have and I want to do something with this I want to take this and and bring it out um, you know as a career one day and so I thought let's take on a bigger bigger leadership role um, and so I ran for vice president, and my big thing was, you know, League of Legends was the biggest division, um, but, you know, I kind of ran on the, the fact that I wasn't in League, and that, you know, I had a different perspective, and I really wanted to make sure all the games were treated equally, and I wanted to get really awesome events to everyone that everyone can enjoy and everyone can love. Um, and my main driving factor um, and the factor that still drives me to this day is that I want people to feel like I did whenever I walked to that first meeting and I saw everyone in that club and I just got super passionate. I want everyone to feel that same exact feeling. Um, and that's what's been driving me then and it's what drives me now. Um, and so I eventually won, barely, barely won, um, but I still won. And I just remember being so excited about that because like I said, I was a, I was a very shy kid. Um, in high school, I didn't have like a ton of friends. Um, kept to myself a lot and so like the fact that I could actually um become elected to like a big position in like a big club really meant a lot to me um and I think it means a lot to a lot of other people so even if you don't see yourself as a leader if you want it you need to go out and work for it because you can get it um yeah and so I I think um I think I I, like kind of just going back to another point I had I think building a pathway is something that's super important Um, and so my pathway was I really enjoyed leadership Um, but I wanted to develop it and I wanted to grow it 
and I kind of built this path of like, I'm going to run StarCraft, and I'm going to become vice president, and I want to become president, um, and kind of take it from there. And that was a pathway I built. But be flexible, because you're not going to win every election. You're not going to get every single gig that you apply for. Um, I still get that today. I, uh, I applied to tons of different jobs and uh, different esports gigs out there, and you know what? You don't get all of them. And that's perfectly okay to not get all of them because, you know, there's other people that are going to get them. But you got to be flexible around it. Um, and you got to make sure that you take it in stride. And you got to make sure that you're able to spin it in your way pretty well. So the example is the person I lost to. Um, his name was Ian. And he was, um, at the time, we weren't friends, but we eventually became, you know, decently good friends. And um, I wanted him to still be involved. Um, because he was still really passionate about it and he still really loved this stuff. And so we were able to kind of make it work. Um, <clears throat> he got involved in a lot of the social media aspects of the club. Um, and, you know, just make, making sure that you're still engaged because, like, even if you don't win a position, you can still provide a lot. Um, I know people in the past who haven't won, um, they still put themselves forward and they're like, hey, you know, help let me help you guys out um let me help with uh doing this event um let me uh be a tournament organizer or let me admin some games or let me be a ref or let me take photos or let me help plan out you know different aspects of this event um that all happens um to get these skills and to get the experience you don't have to be a leader and it's all about being flexible um being flexible is one of the things that you absolutely have to do um, because, like I said, you're not going to get every gig out there. Um, you're not going to be able to put everything concretely on your resume. That, I mean, that goes that goes around this whole entire topic of collegiate esports of there is no esports degree out there right now. So you got to be flexible um, because you can't just go out and you can't just you know get this degree and then go and get a job at Riot. That's not really gonna happen. What you gotta do is you gotta make things work for you. You gotta be flexible around this stuff. If you wanna go out and be a caster, you need to you know, figure that out. You need to work in the club and stuff. And you know, you're not gonna get every casting gig. So you know what? Just cast on your own. Um, play some games and cast your own games. Or you know what? Uh, take an LC LCS match, uh, mute the casters on there, and just commentate over that. Um, be flexible and figure it out on your own because there's there's a way. There's always a way. So you can build that path and there are going to be roadblocks, but you can always build around it. There's always a way to keep going forward. And that's something definitely to remember um, and to kind of keep close to you because it's going to happen a lot and you got to make it work. Um, so at that point, I got elected to BVP. Um, and like I said, it was super important to me because I was at this point finally starting to come out of my shell. I was making a ton of friends. Um, and I was just, I was having an amazing time at college at this point. Um, and going into my junior year, I had like a, I had a, you know, a good job at the university. Um, so I was getting that and I had, you know, the VP and I was, I was loving it. And I would really like to have like a, like, um, like a, like a trying moment during this all. Um, but I really didn't have a big trying moment. There was no moment of like, oh, I lost this big thing or I, you know, this didn't work out for me because, you know, things worked out fairly well. 
They're not always gonna work out well, but like I said, you gotta make it work. Um, the one thing I guess didn't really work out for us is when you're working with a big school, a lot of times the administration is not gonna be super on board because they think esports, it, it's gaming. Like, I mean, uh, we, we saw a couple years ago with Heroes of the Storm, um, whenever they were covering on ESPN, they were like, huh, what, what, like, what is this, like Donkey Kong? And unfortunately, that is a sentiment that a lot of people still have today. Now, it's getting better, and a lot of people are starting to understand, but not everyone's going to understand. Um, so yeah, I went through the VP thing, and I really loved it. I really loved being able to work on events, um, and I found I really liked uh, like event coordination. I thought it was really awesome. And then it clicked right there. It was like, oh, I really like project management. Like, I love to be able to take all these things and like figure out how they're gonna work out in a timeline and like create deliverables and like assign things to people. I mean like, hey, you take this, make it your own, do well with it. And then just like, tell me whenever you're, you're finished, here's a timetable. Um, and then having a ton of people do that and then like all come back and have it all like fit together into this big event. I absolutely loved it. And project management isn't a thing in esports inherently. It's a thing that you can do in like basically any job. And I was, obviously it's, a lot of steps to get up to project management, but it's something I, I kind of found and I really loved. And um, I you know wouldn't have found that if I didn't go into a leadership role, I wouldn't have found it if I didn't join this club. Um, and luckily, um, the degree I was going after um, was called IST, which is Information Sciences and Technology. And basically it was like IT and business mixed together. Um, so we were learning coding, um, but we were also learning some project management stuff. And I was doing both of those at the same time with the club and uh, my degree. And I was like, oh, this is something I really love. And I'm going to be able to apply it to the real world. Um, and it applied directly to the full-time job I have right now, consulting. Um, because, you know, I'm not a project manager because it takes a long time to get to that point. Um, but I am doing some of the operational stuff there and help coordinating some stuff. And it's stuff I really, really enjoy and I really, really love. Now, I would obviously really love to do that at like Blizzard or Riot. Um, but it's steps. It's steps to building up and steps to getting there, which is important to remember. Um, yeah, so uh, basically find, uh, find your passion, I guess, is the big takeaway from that little story. So find your passion. And so my passion is project management. Really love that. I really love the organizational aspect of it. Um, and that was something I took and I was able to do it in esports. And you can also do it in other things too. Um, so basically find what you really love and, and try to make it work. I mean, I, I keep going to that point over and over. I'm sorry if I, I, uh, I sound like I'm repeating myself a little bit, um, but I think that is really important. Um, and I always use the example of photography um, because I know a lot of people love it and it's something that makes sense. It's really easy in the analogy of if you really love photography and you find that you love it, go out and take some pictures, uh, get a photography degree, and then you can kind of make both of those work together. Because um, it's important to build your skills. You know, like I said before, picking up skills, it's super important to do that. Um, and it's also super important to learn skills that you might not ever use um, because it creates like a well-rounded person, I think. Um, so I learned a lot of coding. I'm never going to code a day in my life. I hate coding. It's awful. But a lot of the aspects of coding, I can kind of apply daily. Um, so just, you know, on how to debug things, for instance super applicable to life because you can just debug your life but you're using the same kind of like um, neurons in your brain that fire for debugging code as you do trying to debug and fix problems in your life 
Um, so yeah, anyways, I, I finished the VP thing um, and I found my passion and then I went on to run for president and I got it um, because I was so passionate and I put that work in. Um, and that's something that you're gonna have to learn in esports is you're gonna have to work hard. Um, um, yeah, so you're gonna have to work hard in this industry because it is hard to break in. Um, I mean, I haven't even fully broken into it. Like my full-time job is in esports. Um, it's something I do definitely on the side and you know part-time. Um, it's not my full-time thing. Um, and it's something that's hard to break into. Um, sometimes you get lucky. Um, sometimes you get unlucky. Um, but like I said before, you got to be flexible. Being flexible is really important because you need to take those things in stride and you need to make it work. So for instance, um, I know I'm jumping around the stories of Pitfoot. Um, so for instance, I didn't get a full-time esports job out of college, um, but I did get this full-time consulting job. And you know, um, I'm very thankful to have a full-time job. Um, it's, it's really important to me to be able to do good work um, and have something like that. And so I'm very thankful for it. Um, so even though I didn't get the esports job, I'm still kind of working towards it because uh, this isn't my end goal. End goal is something in esports. Um, and so I'm taking this in stride. So I have the path. It's still there. There's just a roadblock and I'm working around it. And the way I'm working around it is I'm just still picking up skills. Um, making sure that you're getting that experience out there. So I'm pursuing things with, with project management and organizational operational things. Um, I'm building out my esports resume by doing stuff on the side because there's a ton of volunteer gigs, just like Project Esports. Um, this is something that all of us are doing, one, because we're really passionate about it, um, but also it helps us build our skills to be able to take that into esports in the future. Um, all the stuff we do here is super important. And you can do that in a million different aspects. Uh, so James was uh, managing a team. That's a big thing. And he was doing it all because he was super passionate about it. But he also learned a lot of different skills that he can apply and actually put on a resume. And then if he went out and tried to get an esports job, that is something that's super relevant. Um, and you can do all that stuff on the side. And it's important to build those things up, especially if you want to go into things, something like esports. Um, so yeah, I had um, my presidency and I did a lot more of the same thing. I was engaging a lot with students. Um, and I was engaging sponsors a lot. And I think this is where I found another passion of mine and that was just engaging the students. And I really love talking with people and trying to get their passions to shine. Um, so if someone was talking with me and they just kind of offhandedly mentioned something like, uh, I'm sorry, I keep using this um, this example all the time. Um, there's just someone in the club that like I felt like this really applied to. Um, um, he came a little bit after my time, uh, but he's someone I think is really passionate about esports, um, and he really loves it. And he got his start kind of in, in the club through photography. Um, so I definitely always use that as an example, but um, photography, right? So someone casually mentioned, oh yeah, I like, I like to take photos or whatever. Um, just went up and be like, hey, want to take some photos for us? Like, obviously I can use that because I love having photos um, of our stuff in the events, but it's also applicable to him too. Um, and I just really loved empowering people and trying to get their passions to shine. And that's why I do all this stuff. This is why I talk about things like this because I do want to do that. Um, and that's why I always mention that like my Twitter DMs are always open and like talk to me because like, um, 
the thing that I get out from it is it feels really good to empower people and to help people and to help set their 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 pathway and to help give them um, the insight on what they need to do to find their passion. Um, and that's like I, that that kind of goes back to the original thing of like I want people to feel the same way I did whenever I first walked into that room. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a quick rundown um, about. My story, I know, is a little bit scattered here and there, and I kind of went off into tangents, but I think all these points are super important. Um, so let's run through them really quickly. You need to just get involved. You need to play the game. You need to keep your feet on the ground, but stay passionate. You need to find the opportunities when they come. When you have those opportunities, pick up the skills that you need and make the skills that you need and make it work. Just reach out to people, whether it be sponsors or whether it be leadership of the club or just random like organizers, reach out to them because you can find those opportunities. For esports, you need to build a pathway and, and make sure that the pathway leads to the goal that you want. But be flexible. Take those things in stride and whenever an obstacle occurs, you need to build around it. You need to find your passion. You need to find what you really love. You might love esports, but you need to find what in esports that you really love and that you want to do full time. And finally, you just need to work hard. Uh, it's a lot of hard work, and you just need to keep at it. Um, so yeah, this was Dylan from the Project Esports podcast um, with our present series on how to get started in collegiate esports. And if you have any questions at all, please reach out to me. I'm at Beal on Twitter, um, or you can just message just Project Esports in general. We're at the Esports Pod on Twitter. Um, I'll, I'll also respond to things there. Um, we go live every Monday and Thursday at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and all the vods for those go up the previous or go up the next day rather on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, everything that you can imagine. Um, so if you're watching this anywhere, please you know give us a, a follow or subscribe or just um, leave a comment or share with one of your friends because all that is super super important to us, and you know we really love it, and we've been getting a lot of love recently, and we really appreciate it. So. Thank you everyone for watching or listening. We'll see you next time.